another episode of Positively Charged Wrestling. Um, I'm not even sure what number this is. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're in the double digits. I know that's your uh, lovely host, Braden, and uh, my good buddy, Josh. How you doing this week? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for coming back, guys. For sure. Um, so we'll just get right into it. Uh, obviously, we missed last week, and we, uh, we're we going to try to cover this the best we can. Now, last week was the annual, um, the overseas shows, the, the, the London shows for, uh, for WWE. And admittedly, <clears throat> I had these shows on. I, I, I didn't, I didn't watch them terribly close. So, uh, but we will, we will cover them. Um, first and foremost with raw, was there anything, uh, anything that jumped out to you from the, the show over there before we kind of break it down? What uh, was there anything memorable? <laughs> uh, well, as you said, it was the overseas ones. And, uh, I, I think I texted you that nothing big really ever happens on those shows. It's kind of a, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the non-live aspect or something. Something about it always seems off to me. Um, but I did enjoy watching Drew McIntyre destroy Sin Cara. That was pretty cool. <laughs> now, speaking of Sin Cara, have have they released him? I mean, what, what's? I don't know. I've heard he asked for his release, but I've not heard if he's been let go or if it's still kind of, you know, in the hey, I want out stage, but they hadn't done anything yet. Uh, I hmm. haven't heard any. any follow through on that one um yeah i i haven't either and uh and speaking of other people that were kind of up in the air i think um what was it i heard a, a big piece of news this week apparently randy orton has re-signed uh along with the miz and page but randy orton was one that I think they were kind of fearful he may jump to AEW, uh, which I never really um, took as a took as a real possibility. But um, kind of interesting, he kind of possibly used AEW as leverage. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. I'd, I heard about him uh, kind of teasing it or whatever, but I, I'm kind of like you. I didn't really expect him to go. And I will be completely honest right now. My computer has frozen up for yeah. some reason. <laughs> T9. Um, so continuing forward, we'll get back to Raw in uh, just a moment. Um, were you able to see any of the AEW? We'll just leap right into AEW uh, because admittedly, I have watched it way more closely in the past couple of weeks than I have WWE. So nothing against WWE, but we're all about positivity here. And WWE has been hit and miss. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to be honest. So uh, did you happen to see um, the, uh, the go home show for full gear? Uh, from eight. <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah, now I did see uh, last week's show, the full show. And then this week I caught the, up until the Jericho MJF promo. Gotcha. I gotcha. didn't see anything past that, though. I, I didn't finish up the episode. 
Well, the two things, uh, and while we're at it, we'll just kind of we'll kind of get AEW out of the way while I'm trying to uh, trying to get my technical difficulties going here. Um, the thing that stood out to me certainly on on the go home show were the promo packages. Uh, yep. for, first off, and we'll get to the the promo possibly of the year in just a second. Um, but the the parody promo package of Jericho and where he kind of parodied the, uh, the the Cody package from a few weeks earlier, that was genuinely funny. I mean, that was that was genuinely funny. Uh, <laughs> it, it was great. Uh, and, and I loved, uh, there were so many little little wrinkles in there. Uh, Sammy Guevara, um, you know, he's the youngest AEW champion. It just <laughs> so many little, little things in there. Um, but uh, I think uh, – it was kind of funny because I, I hadn't seen the episode that had the uh, Cody promo. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize this was a uh, a spoof promo until like probably about that line, about the time he said the youngest AEW champion ever, you know. And uh, then I kind of got noted. I, I kind of went back in my head and I was like, well, what have I seen so far? I saw, they said that. Uh, and then uh, I think right after that, they showed uh, Jake Hager. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't say anything, you know. It was just him with his little name graphic and he just stared at the camera. And, and I, I started laughing at that one. And then I got looking back, and the uh, the lady that was talking about Jericho, uh, her name was Patricia Bobsky. Yeah. And I immediately <laughs> threw back to Southpaw Regional Wrestling and uh, Clint Bobsky. So I, uh, I, I laughed through this whole thing. Apparently, they are going to be doing more Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Um, the, there was a tweet, I think it was by Fandango, and uh, supposedly they're going to be doing more. It's not going to be the same without Clint Bobsky, I don't sure. think. But uh, I look forward to more of that. That's that's some of the best stuff that's been out. Um, now, the, the other thing on this Go Home show certainly was Cody Rhodes doing his dad proud and just cutting a fire promo. Um. I got goosebumps. I'm not going to lie. While watching it live, I literally had goosebumps. Um, What what did, what did you think of this promo? Uh, Blew me away. Um, Definitely, definitely got my attention. Um, Trying to think what was, what the big, you know, he had the announcement, the, um, the, he won't get another title match if he loses. And I I don't know. I I got thinking that was a cool, uh, cool stipulation which i'm not going to get too far into it because i'm sure we'll touch on what happened but uh it it's neat they threw that in there because um you know AEW has got they've done a good job so far they've got these guys that like cody and omega and the bucks that when they started setting everything up you kind of you know like well they've got their guys you know and when they've started actually running the shows and bringing in the titles and stuff. They've not just ran with those guys. They've used those guys to kind of help push, you know. Um, of course, you know, Jericho's already established and he's got the title. But, you know, instead of Omega getting that first title shot, 
um, Paige got it. And then right. the Bucks didn't immediately get the tag titles. And now Cody's getting the title shot, but they're throwing that stipulation in there. So I, I want to, you know, give them a thumbs up on that booking that they're not just pushing those guys that you kind of thought when it was getting started. It's like, well, they're going to, you know, they already got these, this handful of guys that's their main guys. They're going to run with them, but they're actually using them to get some of the other guys into the picture. And I, I kind of like that. Um, and, and since you brought it up, uh, we'll, we'll just kind of, and I completely agree. I think, uh, I think they're doing the right thing there. I think, um, I think certainly they have taken the approach of, uh, a little bit less is more with these more established guys, so to speak. Um, so while we're at it, uh, now how much of full gear, did you get to see any clips, anything? I, I, I saw just the clips that they opened the show with this week um, from the title match, and I think they showed just a little bit from the uh, Omega and Moxley match. Now, I watched uh, <laughs> the, the – um, what I was watching on, the, the, the stream wasn't that great. It was a, it was a lot of uh, pausing – and uh, but I, I did have it on. Uh, I had it on my laptop and uh, kind of pulling double duty watching the Tennessee football game and had had full gear on my laptop and and the stream wasn't that great, but I was able to keep up with what was going on. Uh, and we'll, and we'll get right into uh, what you mentioned there with uh, Cody and Jericho. First off, I thought uh, thought the match was good. I, I really did. Um, it's still – I still stand by my match of the year, uh, which I figure we'll be covering that here in the coming weeks. Uh, my match of the year is still Cody and Dustin. Um, but uh, I, I thought this was good. It, it had a big fight feel. It, it, it built properly. Um, the spot that Cody took on the outside, I, I thought it was a blade job. Um, but, uh, no, it wasn't, <laughs> it was legit. <laughs> um, and it, and it added to it. Uh, so then, then we get, uh, like, like I said, it was a good match. Then we get to the end and, uh, MJF throws in the towel for Cody. Now, a lot of people, this was too soon. I had a feeling watching it when MJF is coming out. I didn't expect the the, the throwing in the towel spot. Uh, I, I didn't expect that. Didn't didn't Owen throw in the towel for a uh, Brett? Uh, yeah, at the Survivor Series '94. See, in the whole time I'm watching this, that that's I couldn't remember the exact date. Obviously, it was the, the anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob, uh, which we'll touch on here later, as promised. But I'm thinking instead of going full throttle with that, and, and this could have been unintentional, but, you know, me just thinking it through as I'm watching it, instead of going full throttle with like a screwy finish, which they kind of had, but I'm. Um, I'm thinking, well, they made another callback to Bret Hart with the throwing in the towel. So, it's – like I said, that's what I read into it. But anyways, um, 
And then we then we uh, inevitably get the um, the heel turn that's been coming, but it really wasn't a heel turn because MJF was already a heel. True, but but the full heel turn. Uh, do you think this was too soon or 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 just right? Well, as far as building it, part of me wants to say that you know they could have went a little bit further with it, but I think. The way I was looking at it, he was where, like you mentioned, he was already a heel. So, I, I, my head was there, kind of. It was like, well, how am I? How are we wrapping our heads around this? Where, you know, he's a heel, Cody's face, and I know, I know the lines are blurred nowadays, right. kind of. But at the same time, you know, it, something about it felt a little funny. So I kind of, in in that aspect, it's like, well, now now it's lined up like it should be. You know, he was he was already a heel. He acted like a heel. He talked like a heel. You know. It just made more sense in my, my mind. But they could have built it a little bit longer just to get a little more because, you know, the company's still new. People are still getting used to it. So, but. um, Yeah, certainly. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think MJF is, when he comes out and he says he is the hottest you, the, the fastest rising star in wrestling. That's not an understatement. I, I truly believe of the guys that have yet to be fully established. I mean, yeah, you've got Cody Bucks, Omega, Jericho. Um, I think MJF could could be a breakthrough star. Like, I, I don't know. He could almost be their sting in a way, their homegrown, full fledged, if that makes any sense. Like he, he could be that level. Um, and, and he's only 23 and he's already this good on the mic. Now, the thing I got to thinking about, if I'm not mistaken, I think the dude's only wrestled one match <laughs> <laughs> since, since Dynamite's been on the air. So. Maybe we get a little bit more from him in the ring. I don't know. I know he wrestled back at Fighter Fest. Uh, I think it was Fighter. Pretty sure it was Fighter Fest. Um, I think he wrestled it all out. Maybe. No, he. I don't think he. I don't think he did. I, I can't fully remember, but I think he came out with Cody. But um, yeah, yeah. We we need to see a little bit more from him in the ring. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I was I was kind of thinking the same thing. Uh, I, which I've not seen. I hadn't seen any of the uh, pay per view style events, but uh, I was like, I think I've seen one match of his, and if I'm not mistaken, it was kind of. I mean, I don't want to say squash match, but you know, it was a kind of a quick showing on like what the uh, debut episode. I think. Certainly, certainly. And, um, so I, I can't say much to his entering work because I've just not seen anything really. So. Yeah, and and. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the. The guy's got a super bright future, but you know, I I, I don't know a whole lot about. Um, I mean, I think he's plenty plenty serviceable in the ring, but uh, I don't know. We we shall see. Then um, also on the show, we had a couple great, uh, good to almost great tag matches: the Bucks versus Crowd and Powerful, which not to. Uh, you know, I, I will say this. We will call out WWE here in 
and, and say that perhaps they've not been as uh, watchable as, as we would like. Uh, there has been some bright spots. And, and not to sound like everything AEW is doing is gold, I'm not a fan of Proud and Powerful as a tag team name. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's very weak. I, I don't know what I, I don't know if it could have just been Santana and Ortiz. Just that. It's simple. Not not everybody has to, I guess, have a catchy name. I, I don't know. Maybe that's nitpicking. But uh, that tag match was fine. Um, the triple threat match perhaps wasn't as, uh, uh, to quote Pat Patterson, banana as as uh, <laughs> as, uh I, I thought it was going to be, but it was a good match. Uh, but um, let, let's get to the elephant in the room from Full Gear. I, I know you've seen some clips. I'm sure you've heard some stuff. We got a full fledged John Moxley, uh, Kenny Omega. We got a full fledged. Almost a Japanese death match, some people are calling it. Um, like I said, I know you've seen some clips. I know you've heard some stuff. What What are your thoughts on what you've seen and what you've heard? I, well, I, I really need to go watch the full match uh, to get a good grasp on it. Um, I I have heard the buzz. Uh, you know, some people really loved it. Some people hated it. You know, kind of a mixed bag there. Um I don't know. Uh, I know Moxley's more of a kind of got that hardcore streak to him. I, I don't know if Omega's done much stuff like that before. I, again, just now getting into his stuff. So uh, <clears throat> matches like that are, are you know, when, when we get something like that, since we don't get get it that often nowadays, it's not as the norm as it was a few years ago. Yeah. So it's nice to see. But, you know, like I said, I've not seen the full match. I, I don't want to throw too much in, of my opinion in there because of that. So. Here, here's here's my thing. I didn't have a problem with it. There, it, it was a bit uncomfortable to watch at times. Um, it, it was kind of squeamish, but I don't think there was anything in the match that was so uncomfortable. You think somebody might be in danger? Um, to me, everything was very safely done, um, very controlled. Uh, to, to you know, to the best of their abilities. Obviously, botches happened, but I, I thought everything was was safely done. I'm pretty sure the glass that was in there was sugar glass, uh, but but the effect, you know, was was there, and it was violent. Um, but it wasn't so violent that it was. I don't think it was in call for now. They're walking a very, very tight line here with Moxley because I don't want to see Moxley just become a hardcore guy. I'm fine if he wants to break this out, if if this is almost his demon power, if he wants to bring out – the hardcore stuff only on special occasions. But if he starts having, if he basically becomes a, a, uh, just, just a hardcore guy. I was trying to think of a wrestler to compare him to, uh, 
I don't want to see this every single match. Um, So, because we know he can wrestle, you know, people want to complain about, well, we didn't get to see this Moxley in WWE. Okay, that's true. But we also got to see that he can wrestle and put on some pretty darn good matches. So, I want to see more of that. And, and I don't mind this, but I don't want to see it every single time because then then it loses its awe factor. Sure. Um, all that being said, like I said, I, I, I thought the match was fine. Uh, I think the story that they are telling, whether intentional or unintentional, Kenny Omega is something to keep an eye on because he keeps getting knocked down a peg. Um, He lost to Jericho at uh, double or nothing. He lost to, I think it was Pac. Was it Pac at All Out? And now he's lost to Moxley. So he keeps losing these big matches. And he, you know, he, he keeps getting knocked down the ladder. And it's this building almost this underdog story. Um, I, I think that's something to keep an eye on. I don't know if uh, he's the one that eventually takes the title from Jericho. I don't see Jericho losing that title for uh, quite some time. So, but um, you were mentioning that, you know, they've done a good job of Featuring other guys aside from the elite, uh, the 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 little group that started it and Jericho. Yeah. Um, something else that I've been noticing: two guys that I really want to give them two thumbs up on for basically making—I don't want to say household names, but they're well on their way—and that's Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. Why? I know when I watched the initial episode of Dynamite. Why it's Cody wrestling Sammy Guevara to open up this show? I'm not asking that question now. Sammy Guevara is becoming, and I'm sure Jericho has his fingerprints all over this. He is becoming one of the better young heels in the business because he he is a good looking guy. You do want to see him get his butt beat, and it's money. He's cocky. He's he plays this smarmy, cocky heel, and he's super young, so he's only going to get better. And you want to see him, you know, just get beat up every week. So it's perfect. And, and Darby Allen, Jericho all but made him on in one week, um, and they've done a really good job. Uh, I, I think him and Moxley, as long as it's yet again – a little bit hardcore, but not barbed wire every single week. I think that should be fun. Um, but anyways, I'm 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 ranting and raving. Uh, uh, um, now I, I can't say as much about uh, Darby. I've only I, I missed the Jericho match. I, that may have been while we were on vacation, but I did see the triple threat match this week. Uh, but I will say about Sammy from the uh, the first episode, like you just mentioned, and why why is he in there with Cody? That that was my mindset of that match was like, eh. It, you know, it's a match. It, it didn't blow my mind or anything. But then you fast forward a couple of weeks and he had that match with Paige to kick off uh, that episode. Yep. 
And yep. that was a great match. I, my mind, like, completely turned around on uh, Sammy there. I was like, you know, this is much better than the match with Cody. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, uh, him and Paige both that did a great job in that one. So, so I'm, I'm with you on there. Uh, and apparently it's been – it was announced after a full gear that they will have pay-per-views, uh, I, I, I guess, quarterly. Um, now – as we said a few weeks ago on here, I love that. Uh, if I were to build my dream pay-per-view lineup, I, I would only have five a year. Um, because I think that allows, you know, time for things to breathe. And if they're going to be charging 50 bucks a pop, really, you know, you do the math. Um, WWE... 10 bucks a month. It's $120 a year, roughly. So at 50 bucks, four times a year, it's 200. So it's not substantially more. It is more, but it's not like once you break it down, it's, it's 80 bucks more, but it's, it's not as wide of a gap as you would initially think. I mean, that 50 bucks for a pay-per-view is hard to swallow, but if you're only doing it, you know, every few months and, you know, kind of get the old, uh, like back in the day, everybody chip in and, and having a, make an event out of it. So sure. I'm, I'm all for the, uh, the quarterly pay-per-views. I think it's a great idea. So, um, anything else, uh, from AEW that we want to, we want to touch on? Um, let's see. But well, I got to throw this in there for uh, our buddy Will. Uh, he he messaged me on on our uh, social media the other day. Well, after one of our, one of our previous episodes, and he uh, said something about us not having enough Marco stunt talk. He said right. that, uh, <laughs> the internet is so divided on this guy. You know, half of them hate him, half of them love him, yeah. or whatever. So so I got to throw this in there for Will. Uh, uh, I, I saw him this week. First exposure to him. Uh, I wasn't blown away by the guy, but. As far I think the the negative side of the fans is because about his size and all that, and I mean he is a little small, but so was Ray Mysterio. Yeah, you know. Now, so, I mean, <clears throat> I'm I, I'm to get on soapbox here because I, I paid a little bit more attention to Marco Stunt this week too because I guess I seen him a week or two prior. I didn't really pay that much of a t- attention. I watched the match, but. It didn't bother me. Well, like you said, since the internet's become so divided, some people love it, some people hate it. All right. The Rey Mysterio comparison, I mean, let's face it, Rey Mysterio is a unicorn. That dude's phenomenal. Uh, he, he was and still is. Uh, looking forward to him and Lesnar. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus and... Uh, Jungle Jack Perry, <laughs> Jr. wanted to call him, uh, which I think is a great name. It's way better than Jungle Boy. Uh, sure. <laughs> but um, that that act is over. Marco Stunt is maybe by association he's over, and I don't know if uh, actually while I'm talking about this, I, I, I'm curious. Um, 
I'm curious as to as to how tall he actually is. So so he is he is listed at at uh, at five foot two. So so he is a small gentleman. Uh, I, I was gonna guess a knee high to a grasshopper. I'm well, sure. that too that would have been <laughs> acceptable. So but, and and for all of our listeners, if you hadn't figured out that we're southern, I'm sure that that line right there probably would have uh, given us away. That's perfect southern uh, adage right there. For sure. For sure. So. The, the guy's over, and you take somebody who in, in WWE who is an Olympian, who could be just—I think if they gave him—I I don't know if he could be a world champion, he could be a intercontinental champion, certainly or U.S. champion, but Shorty G. AKA Chad Gable. I, I'm going to fully admit I'm not a fan of this. And my, my, my point here is never once have they mentioned necessarily that Marco Stunt, his height or weight, he, he's flipping and flying all around the ring. They, they might reference him being a tad smaller, but it, they never really downgrade him. True. While you have a legit Olympian on the other channel who has been relegated to, and I'm trying not to sound too negative here. That, that's not the point of the show, but sometimes it just grinds my gears. You've been relegated to a, a, a basketball uniform. <laughs> now, and, and, and he's making the most of it. He really is, and he's getting TV time, so kudos. I'm hoping it comes up smelling like a rose, but I think they could take notes from AEW on how to get somebody small over because that that's what's happening is Marco stunts getting over and maybe it's by association, but it's happening. That, that little uh, Jurassic express act is uh, it's fun. It's silly. It's fun. I, I think uh, jungle Jack Perry has got a bright future, probably more so than Luchasaurus and Marco stunt. But, um, that act is over, and, and I, I'm off my soapbox now. So that, that's my – there you go, Will. That's my thoughts <laughs> on uh, Marco Stunt. So whether or not we talked about Montreal or anything else this week, we talked about Marco Stunt. We got our Marco Stunt talking. <laughs> I, I popped the Luchasaurus coming out this week. I, again, you know, I'm, I'm slowly getting into the AEW stuff because I didn't see the uh, pay-per-view events or anything. But So this was my first actual seeing him live. Uh, that was cool. <laughs> dude's, um, dude's definitely eye catching. Uh, he is, and kudos to Nashville. Um, I, I would have loved to have went to the show, but it was on a Wednesday night, and yeah, I had to work the next day. So, <laughs> um, maybe maybe the next time around. Kudos to Nashville. That was a hot crowd. Um, that's the thing that jumps out to me about AEW. Uh, is really the crowds. They whether there was something said about them being in Charlotte uh, the week before last and how it was not as full. I couldn't have told. I, I, it was a hot crowd. You can have as NXT, which we're going to try to cover here in a bit. NXT has four hundred people. If the crowd is hot, it doesn't matter if you've got seventy thousand or seven hundred. If you've got a hot crowd, it really makes makes it. And, and AEW seemingly 
week in and week out has some really engaged and really hot crowds. So kudos to Nashville. I'm hoping that was a big thing uh, for uh, Cody and those guys to say, hey, we got we to come back through here. So, uh, and, and every, all the reports I've read is uh, Municipal was about three-quarters full. I think it holds about nine to 10,000, so uh, good, solid turnout. So that's, that's good news. There we go. Uh, now, I think we've got AEW out of the way, and I think my uh, technical difficulties have uh, subsided. So going back to uh, what we originally started to talk about was Raw from uh, overseas. Uh, so this is the November 4th edition. We'll just kind of make a quick run through here. Um, it opened up with uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman coming out. Um, and basically Brock Lesnar quit, uh, quit SmackDown. And now he's on Raw, kind of strange. Um, but uh, th- this is setting up uh, Lesnar and Mysterio, which I just mentioned a few minutes ago. I'm looking forward to just tremendously because Lesnar, when he's working with smaller guys like uh, Bauer, Styles, um, Brian, he, he seems to have just better matches when he can literally pick them up and throw them around the ring. <laughs> it's just fun for everybody. Uh, you looking forward to this match? Uh, should be pretty good. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be one of the matches that the match is good, but you know, the storyline kind of cuts off right at the match. It, you know, I don't think it's see it progressing anything further than this, but, but the match should be pretty good. I think they wrestled. I may be wrong with this. I, I want to, didn't they wrestle? Brock's first run there? I think so. That that rings a bell. And I, remember, I, I remember them together, but I can't. I need I can't to go back. Them. I need to go back and I watch that um, when I get through spending a lifetime watching uh, Disney Plus. So, <laughs> <laughs> Shame, shameless plug for that right now. Uh, I haven't got mine set up yet, but it, it's coming sometime. <laughs> uh, Tailspin, X-Men, Spider-Man. I'm there. Not, not even not even concerned with Star Wars. Just give me nineties X Men, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck. I'm I'm happy. There you uh, go. <laughs> that, that that was kind of my thing the other day. I've heard I've heard about it, and I and I've heard the shows that are on there. But a, a guy I work with was like, "Dude, I spent all day yesterday watching Tailspin," and I'm like, "I want to spend all day yesterday watching Tailspin." <laughs> precisely, precisely. I I actually got to watch one episode, and. It was uh, this this professor who Shere Khan had hired to build a robot to fly better than Baloo. Like, well, that's preposterous. The best pilot in the world is Baloo. You can't exactly. build a, can't build a robot to fly better than that. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Launchpad McQuack is a pretty good pilot. <laughs> that you know what that uh, I would pay to see that. But book that. Book there that. We go. Book that match, a flying battle between Blue and Launchpad McQuack. So there we go. Book, book it for Mania. There so. we go. <laughs> I'm tuned in. <laughs> All right. So we've got uh, <laughs> we've got the Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte and Natalia. Um, 
this match went almost 20 minutes, but I mean, that's, that's fine. A uh, good little, good little match. Uh, Kabuki warriors, I think, are, are they defending the, uh, the titles against Flair and Natalia? Has that been announced? I don't know if that's been made official or. Cause, Cause I've, I know the survivor series card's still taking shape, but, um, yeah. But anyways, then we see, uh, after that match, we see Lesnar come out and put uh, put Dio Madden through a table um, and Mysterio coming out and attacking Lesnar um, with, a, with a steel pipe and good, good little angle there all the way around. So... Uh, we get Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander. I, I still go back to Heyman wanted the guys like uh, Cedric, Buddy, Aleister Black, Andrade to kind of almost recreate the SmackDown 6 formula. I really think in the coming year, we're, you know, Buddy Murphy's a stud. That guy, that guy's terrific. Um, I, I was kind of getting the same uh, thought process uh, watching that match. And then the next week, uh, Andrade and Cedric wrestled, you know, yeah. and and you can just see this this little crop of guys that's you know they're they're just oh, yeah. so impressive. Uh, uh, Ricochet, throw him in there. Yep, he's another one that's that's got to be one of Heyman's picks. I mean, uh, look, look at that, Cedric Murphy, Ricochet, Andrade. Um, I, I'm missing somebody. Uh, <laughs> uh, Drew, what what a what an amazing crop of guys there. That's yeah, and and I'm sure Fox is like. Hey, wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> I feel like we got the short end of the stick. We've got Baron Corbin bringing a guy in a dog suit out here. What's going on? What? So, and we'll get to that in a minute. So, <laughs> anyways, um, and uh, Seth Rollins comes out. Uh, we get Triple H coming out, and this is kind of the to more of the NXT versus. Uh, versus Raw versus SmackDown. Um, are, are you are you digging that they're including NXT in, in Survivor Series this year? Uh, I am. Um, I wish I had more time so I could keep could follow NXT fully. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm kind of concerned how the matches are going to play out uh, with, with so many of them being triple threats, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I agree. I think uh, I hope NXT doesn't get the short end of the stick. I also hope that NXT doesn't just run roughshod over everybody because it, it's going to be very – somebody's going to have to come out ahead and looking strong. Uh, but um, but anyways uh, – We'll see how it plays out. But we've got uh, – then we had Sin Cara, who apparently is no longer with the company or doesn't want to be, versus Andrade. Um, Sin Cara and Carolina, I'm sorry, versus Andrade and Selena Vega. Um, it was what it was. It was there. Um, <laughs> and uh, Drew McIntyre versus Rusev. 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 Who's, who's Rusev? <laughs> um, versus Rusev. Uh, this was 
a uh, continuation of a storyline that, if it's fine with you, I do not care to mention on this show. So right, we're, we're staying positive, and then we are staying positive. Uh, I, I do want to throw something in here, though. Mm-hmm. Drew, Drew versus Rusev, and you know where this is going. If, if anybody felt this, <laughs> they did a double cross body, <laughs> and that was a that was a Haas double cross body. That it, was it was two large fellas. Um, it wasn't as nice as the little guys, but I give them credit for for doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have something that really stood out to me. Becky Lynch was doing an interview and Shayna Baszler kind of pops in and they have a very intense face to face in this interview setting. And I'm here to tell you, Shayna Baszler is a better version of what Ronda Rousey is supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, full stop. That's, Give me a singles match between Shayna Baszler and, and Becky Lynch. I'm pretty sure it would be phenomenal. Um, I, I'm looking for Rousey to come back probably after the first of the year. I don't know if this is kind of a build to that, but I, I really enjoyed this little sit-down interview. What uh, what say you? That, <clears throat> it's pretty good. That, uh, yeah. It's pretty good. Um not, I've not seen a whole lot of Shane in, in ring again, you know, especially recently because trying to get all this wrestling in. But um, uh, she did. She who was she wrestling a couple? Um, can't think of the girl's name. What's her name? Um, on the debut uh, episode NXT. Uh, yeah, Candice. Uh, Candice. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty good match there. Um, I'm definitely excited to see this, especially with uh, um, those two in there and and the new version of Bailey. This this is going to be a good match. Yeah, that that it really should. Um, then we had uh, we had the OC versus the Street Profits and uh, Humberto Carrillo. Uh, still don't know about this Humberto guy. He, he's great worker. He got a good look. I, I just I don't know. He, haven't quite got fully connected yet. Uh, I mean, yeah. like, he's he's. I see the appeal. I see the appeal, but I, I'm not. I'm not fully on that on that train just yet. Uh, solid match here uh, was what it was. Um, another Viking Raiders squash match, and we got um, Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins. Uh, which the previous uh, Friday we had Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan, which the, these two matches 10 years ago were just, you know, fever dreams to, to be on uh, Raw or SmackDown. Um, another good match. So something I want to touch on here uh, while we're, while we're just kind of getting into the, getting into the weeds of um, things Seth Rollins seems to be obviously in that uh, Roman Reigns spot, that John Cena spot. I think it's pretty clear cut. He's the guy right now. Yep. Not to say that Roman can't can't uh, surplant him or, or, or be interchanged. Um, the crowd reactions aren't that good, <laughs> and, and I can't quite figure out why. Uh, 
because he's probably, in my opinion, now granted, I'm not seeing much Will Ospreay. Uh, Kenny's in the conversation. Okada. Um, y- you've got some studs out there, but Seth Rollins is in that upper echelon of uh, best in the world. He's plenty, he's plenty serviceable on the mic. He's not like great. His voice is a little, a little nerdy, but yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I can't, I can't quite pinpoint this. What, what's, what do you think it is? Is it just a Pavlovian response that uh, we must hate the top guy now? Did John Cena start a trend? I think it is, um, because if you think about it, Rollins, was the guy that everybody wanted to to be the guy. Like a few yeah. years ago. So it's kind of the, and I mean, I know a, a lot of people are going to be like, well, but they're booking him different or he's acting different or something like that, but he's still him and he's still putting on great matches. He is. So, but this, this is the guy that they wanted to be the guy just a few years ago. And now he's, he is the guy. And now, well, you know, we got to boo him now. Cause he's, he's a company guy, you know, he's the guy that they put in that spot. So I think that's what a lot of what it is, honestly. Um, I say nothing wrong with him. Um, sure. Like you said, he's got that kind of odd voice, and uh, like he might be, like he might be, his character might be acting different or something, you know. But it's still the same guy. He's putting on these matches, and I don't know. They they, they like to boo that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't get it. Mo- moving rather quickly here uh, to NXT on uh, November sixth. We uh, which. I've read the results. I don't think I have actually watched much NXT outside of the 15-minute overrun that I flipped to whenever um, AEW goes off the air. Uh, We've got a women's war games match, and I I need to send this to you. (laughs) One of the funniest things I've seen in some time, it it featured – I don't know what show it was from. It's it's a bunch of women fighting, like from one of those Real Housewives of Miami or some junk like that. I I, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, it's got uh, Mauro Ronaldo and like the audio from from that. And then it just has this cat that uh, you know kind of mouths you know something, but it, then it has William Regal. Going war games. <laughs> oh, is this the lady screaming and the little white cat? Yes. Oh my gosh, that thing's took over Facebook. I, I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. And, and it's just the funniest. I watched it like five times in a row. It was just my sides were hurting because it's just that little white cat that war games. War games. <laughs> so, oh, that that awesome. terrific. Um, but, uh, the OC was on on the November sixth edition. That was kind of kind of surreal to see. Um, we'll we'll touch more on NXT in just a second. Uh, we had more. Um, I, I've just now realized we've been recording for almost fifty minutes, and we still have much to cover. So uh, we'll we'll try and accelerate a bit here. So we have. Um, SmackDown from overseas. We've got Baron Corbin coming out. Uh, and it's uh, – he he's out there just I, – I guess it's – they're trying to force Reigns and Corbin on us. I don't know. 
Uh, th- this wasn't a uh, – I'm just going to say it. Corbin can cut a solid promo, but this was just not good material. Um, and, and I don't want to sound overly negative, but uh, did, 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 did you see – this isn't – I don't think this is the guy – This the, the guy in the dog suit was this past week on SmackDown. Uh, I, I started it this morning. But uh, Eva hadn't got up yet, so I had the volume down, and I decided it's kind of hard to watch a wrestling show with no volume. So I turned yeah. it off and didn't come back to it. <laughs> Unless you just start uh, commentating yourself. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, but, so, some stuff works, but some stuff you're just like, I wonder what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not crazy about it. Uh, this just seems to be a holding pattern until we get to uh, th- this time of year is always a lull until we get to January. Anyways, like right after Survivor Series, there's a painful stretch from like there to January. December is kind of a throwaway month. Um, true, true. But uh, then we get um, something that of note that did happen. The New Day or the new tag team champions on SmackDown. Uh, let, let the rumors continue to circulate that uh, the Revival are going to go to AEW, and this was just a way to get the titles off of them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but um, there's a, a good promo of a Revival circulating on social media where mm-hmm. they're uh, cutting it about the Undisputed Era from this past week. If you really? come across it, check it out. It's pretty good. It's like, you know. Uh, just a little backstage segment with, uh, I don't know, the announcer. I don't even know if the, she made it on camera, but uh, just a real quick in- interview. And it's pretty good. Pretty good promo. Um, I have to, I have to check that out. So, something that I am very excited about is, well, semi-excited about, is uh, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. And... Speaking of good promos, I, I felt that the promo Daniel Bryan cut this past week, uh, referencing mental instability, the fiend is mentally unstable. Daniel Bryan's kind of walking this fine line of he's a face, but he's not a face. He's still it, it, it was really really good promo, uh, and I know you mentioned is is the Miz a heel now or not? So I don't know. Uh, I thought the segment was was pretty good, but. The way they're building the fiend is like uh, literally a cross between old school Undertaker and Jason Voorhees. So I don't know. I, I'm all for the fiend being somewhat unstoppable, but I think we could dial it back a little. But I, yeah. I think, um, depending on how they do this match, I think uh, I think it could be pretty fun. Um, just kind of breezing through here, uh, trying to get on into this week. Uh, so moving forward to Raw, um, before we really get into the meat and potatoes of it, was there anything from this past week's Raw that stood out to you or, or the previous week's SmackDown? Um, uh, this week's Raw, uh, the main thing, it was, it was cool to see them how they worked uh, Walter into it and the Imperium. I thought that yes. was kind of neat. Yes. Um, I'd, I've heard people kind of fuss, you know, well, they they were going to bury him with, with Rollins, but, you know, I don't think it's burying him. He's, 
they come out and wrestle the guy, as we said a while ago. So, yeah, I thought it was kind of neat bringing them into it, especially with all the NXT uh, infiltrations that have gone on there, NXT takeover going on right now. So, yeah, um, cool. yeah, and I mean, it wound up being like, like a four on four match, and I'm here to tell you. We've said it before. I'll say it again. Montez Ford. That guy has it. Yep. Um, I don't know how soon they're going to pull the trigger on him. I feel like, I feel like if they let him go for 30, 45 minutes or something like that in the Royal Rumble, not win it, but kind of be that guy that keeps hanging around, hanging around. I feel like that could just almost rocket strap him. I, I feel like he is he is one little moment away from being like, oh, okay, now now we've got something. Because he's got all the charisma in the world. <clears throat> he's pretty darn good in the ring. Um, and I'm not calling to break up the Street Profits yet, but I think it's only a matter of time because Montez Ford is that good. Yep, yep. Um, as you mentioned, you know, Andrade and Cedric Alexander – and a good match. Uh, that that was one I think kind of went too quick. Uh, it's one I kind of wish they'd give a little more time to. Um, seemed seemed rushed, in my opinion. Maybe maybe they'll wrestle again this week. Be a little better. Not that it wasn't good. I'm just saying it. You know. Yeah. The two that were in there, I'm expected a little, little further from them. So. Certainly, and um, Eric Rowan has a pet. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of confused on that too. We we didn't even get to see it. <laughs> no, so I I don't I don't know. That's uh, there was another Lashley Lana Rusev segment. Moving on. Um, uh, yeah, they they got TV time. So <laughs> they got TV time. That, that is about the only thing you can say. They're getting TV time. Um, <laughs> Six-man match, uh, the OC versus Orton, Humberto, and Ricochet. Uh, pretty fun little match. Uh, then uh, I, I think that pretty much pretty much covers Raw. Uh, moving on to NXT, uh, which, as I said, I... I Still have not watched. Apparently, the uh, Leo Rush and Angel Garza match this week was was pretty darn good. Um, I've checked and, them out. Yeah. Uh, then uh, there was a ladder match, and, and I caught the tail end of this. I think Mia Yim uh, got her face broken, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 over there, I flipped over there and she's all bloody faced. I'm like, well, what happened here? So I'll have to go back and watch that. Uh, Bailey attacks Shayna Baszler with a chair. And we have three matches announced for war games. That's the crazy thing is, is there's literally war games the night before Survivor Series. And it's just all kinds of, I, I don't know. It's just, as I said earlier, I think sometimes it's too much, but yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. Where they're they're going to have war games and then Survivor Series the next night feature in the NXT guys. Yeah, like, kind kind of would have been a good idea to just not do the NXT pay per view this this time. 
have war games at Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, integrated in or something like that. Yeah, but um, we've got the uh, the Undisputed Era versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Djokovic. I'm butchered that. Sorry, uh, and uh, someone to be announced. Uh, there's rumors it could be uh, Velveteen Green. Um, we'll wait to wait and see. Then uh, the women's war games, or war games. Ray oh, uh, <laughs> Ripley, <laughs> Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim versus Sheena Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray, and Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor, which should be pretty fun. Um, three matches thus far. <laughs> So I'm, I'm guessing the two War Games matches will probably go for an hour apiece or close to an hour. Finn Balor and Riddle will get 25 minutes. Who knows? Uh, should be should be pretty fun. Then uh, we've covered covered the AEW stuff, and uh, you. I know you said you're still watching uh, SmackDown, and you started SmackDown. Uh, well, I, let's see. I started the like I, said, I started up and it was uh, didn't have the volume on, so I skipped it. I did catch the uh, the Miss TV segment at the end. That, that's all I've seen. Um, yeah, they uh, we, we we did have a uh, Shorty G and Mustafa Ali, which I'm glad he got his name back. Uh, versus uh, Robert Rudolf Ziggler. Solid match. The uh, the faces got the win there. Bray Wyatt unveiled a, a new championship. They just made it blue. Um, I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, it fits. Um, yeah, I like blue. Blue's a good yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. uh, another tag team match resulted in no contest. Um, the Undisputed Era comes out and wreaks havoc. And then the women have a big have a big brawl. Uh, as I said, Ms. TV and uh, with Daniel Bryan was a pretty solid segment. Um, and I think I think that's it. I think we're caught up. But I'm thinking, is that all the news from this past week? I feel like there was something else that happened. We might be missing something. What what is I, it? There's another show. There's another show. Oh, yeah, WWE Backstage comes on at, like, what, 10 o'clock on Tuesdays. Yeah. That, um, that's, I feel like they had something happen. Oh, yeah, there's a guy that came back. Uh, I heard a little bit about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it made a couple message boards and it made some news. So, all right, enough with being facetious. CM Punk. <laughs> CM Punk, the, the big the big whale, the, the, the big elephant in the room, finally made a kind of return. Um, and I know some people were like, you know, well, he returned to a studio show at 11 o'clock at night and just kind of a, a, a whimper, you know. Well, supposedly it's a Fox deal. But you know there's been discussions, whether yeah. it's not for a match or not, but there's been discussions of, you know, they, the Fox wouldn't just go rogue and bring CM Punk in with, on, on a WWE show without Vince, Triple H, Stephanie, whomever, you know, giving the green light. So True, true. 
I don't know how this is going to be. And I, I text uh, our buddy uh, Tuck, uh, My- Michael Tuck. Shout out to you. Uh, he because uh, <laughs> he's a huge CM Punk fan. I sent him the little video, and he says, "What well, sucks? He's not going to be wrestling." I said, "Come on." I said, <laughs> This is November. We've got several months till uh, till WrestleMania. To me, this is this is like almost like a Sting return in, in some ways. Sting returned at Survivor Series. He was wrestling at Mania, so I think it could be a much bigger impact and probably a much better match. But uh, what uh, what say you? I mean, it, it this is huge, right? It, it pretty big news. Um... I, I think eventually, I don't know. I don't know time frame wise, but I mean, eventually he's gonna wrestle again. Uh, it's one of those, you know, everybody comes back and everybody wrestles. You know, there there are no like retirements in wrestling. <laughs> no, only, only like temporary little, little retirements that that mean not much. To, uh, Flair wrestled in TNA. <laughs> yep. So you yep. know, um, he'll he'll get back in the ring again and. Uh, I know the you know it's it's a Fox deal, it's not a WWE deal, but it's it's the point of you know he's he's back in the fold. He's going to be talking about it. He's going to be surrounded by it. Um, the situation is going to open itself up. The opportunity is going to open itself up to where it, you know they're going to be like, all right, would you want to do this? And and I think you know maybe not the first time they ask, but he's 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 going to get back in the ring. It's does he finally get his wish of main eventing mania? He's got to, right? That's that's the one bucket list I think that was missing. He got a year long title reign. He got uh, he got to be the guy for a while, but not really because he never main evented mania. I think that always stuck in his craw. Was he never was the last match? You can say what you want about co-main events, this, that, and the other. The main event at Mania is always the last match. Um, and, yeah, I mean, do they revisit him and Lesnar? That that would be fun. Does he get his win back there and actually, you know, main event Mania with Lesnar? And, and I think that's a fun story. I don't know if I want to see him anywhere near The Fiend. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I just, it, it, and it's not a slide against the fiend, but I, I just, I think right now that's they need to figure that out. <laughs> they got to figure out that fine balance. But anyways, I think uh, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I fully expect him. I wouldn't be shocked to see him at Survivor Series. It's uh, it's in Chicago, so. If you don't have him some some kind of involvement there, surely you're missing a missing an opportunity, right? True, true. Uh, uh, well, something that crossed my mind, and it's funny that I didn't even think. Well, I kind of thought him, but not as him being the one doing it. But um, something I'd like to see. This is slightly off topic, but kind of on topic. Is um, I'd like to see another. Uh, you remember back in the day, like. Savage commentated for a while. Perfect commentated for a while. Yeah. You know, I think Sean commentated like for a little bit at the very end of 94, 95, something like that. He, he did draw. Yeah. And Punk, Punk did commentary like one year between storylines. Like, I don't know if they didn't have anything for him to do or he was injured. And he did yeah. some commentary for a while. And 
like I said, I didn't think of Punk being the guy, but I was like, you know what we need? We need a guy, like a, a, a worker, like a wrestler that can, you know, has charisma, can cut some promos and stuff, now, which I know Corey Graves is, but, you know, and, and Lawler is, but I, I think Lawler's temporary. I think Lawler's a familiar voice to get people used to the new Raw announced team, and somebody's mm-hmm. going to end up taking his spot because he's, he's kind of been, like, his last few appearances, he was there for a little while and gone. So, uh, you know, and maybe we can work Punk in and commentary until he gets the itch, too, you know. I don't know. No, that's a good point. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, it's it's huge news. It's it's a baby step towards something that I had almost convinced myself that nope, this is going to be this is going to be the guy that never comes back. <laughs> but um, you know, he, he's kind of back, and he. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's huge, um, and I fully expect uh, him to come out at the Rumble. I, I now have a new Rumble pick as of today. Um, I, I'm calling it right now. I know I said Kevin Owens earlier in the year, but as we get closer to January, I'm I'm sure the betting favorite has got to be CM Punk right now. That's that's my pick. Um, as we get closer, I may waver, but I don't think I will. I, that's that's my pick. Um, gotta be. That would be cool. Um, did, did, you, did you hear about ahead. the? Uh, well, I think I texted you uh, a, a little thing about that uh, about the people online like saying he's a sellout for coming back. You know, yeah, I, I've I've seen and heard a little bit about that, and it's like you know. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, but there's some wrestling fans out there I just want to give a sweet chin music to because, <laughs> yeah, there's not everything that I enjoy as, as there's not everything you enjoy on there, and they really frustrate me. But at the end of the day, arenas have been chanting CM Punk, CM Punk for five years now, going on six years. He's he, he's basically back, not fully, but it's probably going to happen. And well, now he's a sellout. So so you get what you wanted, but you're still going to complain about it. See, see, these are the guys that are booing Seth Rollins. <laughs> precisely, precisely. <laughs> so you you can't have it both ways. So I mean, maybe he could have went to AEW. Yeah, that would have been cool. I, I would not have complained there, and it probably would have made things interesting. But I'm fine with this. I'm fine. I'm excited. I'm fine. It's I, – I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, but we just got to wait and see what happens. So Yeah. yeah I, I think some of them that are saying he's a sellout probably are the ones that they were fully convinced that he was going to AEW after us, his appearance at StarCast. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm guessing to them, this seems like a bigger heel turn since the uh, can you hear me now guy started showing up on the sprint commercials, you know, that that was pretty, uh, pretty big. <laughs> good, good analogy there. Good look there. Um, so all that being said, now we'll, uh, we'll get to Montreal. Um, so obviously we wanted to do this last Sunday. Um, some things happened. We weren't able to get to it. And as we've said, 
holidays coming up, there might be some weeks where we don't put out an episode on a Sunday or a record episode on Sundays, but we'll do our best. So uh, 22 years ago, last Saturday, the Montreal Screwjob, uh, one of the more well-known incidents in professional wrestling. Uh, it's kind of popped up in the news more recently, uh, obviously with, um, what was it? The, the, the dark side of wrestling that uh, show on vice, um, that they had an episode about it. Um, there's been more people, uh, Scott Hall, uh, said it on there that it was a work, uh, Kevin Nash recently in a Twitter battle with Bret Hart, that it was a work. So I, I don't, think we need to spend another another hour discussing this even though we could so so we'll try and discuss this thoroughly but uh be somewhat brief um to kind of put a bow on the show um what um what do you we'll, we'll just do this what do you remember about it uh what are your initial thoughts on it um and and just go from there, I suppose. Uh, well, when I think of the screw job, um, I, first thing I think about is you know, not so much what happened, but how perfect of a storm everything was. Um, uh, Brett and Sean's careers had paralleled so much, you know, uh, tag mm-hmm. team guys. They both went to singles, went through the Intercontinental Title. They both moved up to the World Title. They had had this on. I mean, even like in '92 uh, when Brett was. Uh, well, when Brett was Intercontinental Champion, I think Sean wrestled him a couple times. And then as Brett went on to the world title, uh, they wrestled at uh, Survivor Series 92. You know, even though the feud wasn't really there, you know, it was building. And then they kind of got that that actual uh, backstage personal feud kind of going on that uh, um, I think started because they were going to work the boys. And then it got a little more personal and heated than they intended. And uh, it leading up to, with this being Brett's, last match which we didn't know at the time but uh with it being brett's last match there it was kind of you know it's weird that it was with was with sean um but I, the thing that really I, I remember when i knew something was going on like um that saturday night before the pay-per-view i was watching ecw and they did their hotline commercial and they said on the hotline commercial you know uh bret hart leaving the wwf and you know i'm like what in the world you know and this is not everybody had the internet then, you know, right. it's like now you can look up any rumor you want to, but at the time this is like, what in the world? So, you know, when the pay-per-view got there, you could feel it, you know, you knew something was going on. And then with Vince, not on commentary, you know, and like then uh, like Vince and Briscoe and all them, you know, kind of come out, I think as Brett and Sean were like um, uh, fighting in the aisle, like Vince and them come out to the ring and everything. It, you just felt something was odd. Something was this was something going on. You didn't know what it was, but, and, uh, of course, then at the end when it actually happened, you know, you know, just in their mouth dropped open. Just what, what have I just witnessed? You know, this is crazy. And, uh, I don't know. Um, I, that was one of those. You definitely had to tune in the next night to see, you know, where's all this going? Is Brett gone? Is Brett going to be on nitro the next night? Is, you know, I, it was such a big night, and, and it's one of those nights you look back on, you can still feel the, the intensity and the tension and everything. Uh, certainly. And, you know, much can be said about, you know, Brett's run in WCW. 
maybe that's another episode in itself. Um, but I think, yeah, the, 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 the emotion, the intensity, the, the, whatever you want to call it, you can still feel that watching it 22 years later. I mean, um, I, I'm I'm not going to try to add to what you said there. That you said it pretty perfectly. So I'll just say this or, or ask this: Do you think it was legit? Do you think it was a work? Do you think that's the beauty in it that we really don't know? Um, I think that is the beauty in it. Um, I can easily see. Well, even with me saying, you know, it was kind of the perfect storm with me and Brett and Sean in that last match. Uh, I can see where people's mind can start playing conspiracy theory, you know, and think it was work. Um, I honestly, I don't, I don't think it was. Um, of course, then again, I thought, you know, Sean was kind of shocked with what was going on too. He did a good job of acting that night because years later when he unveiled that, you know, he didn't know what was going on. I was kind of, you know, wow. Um, but my, my big thing is I, I think it was uh, legit. I don't think it was work. And my ma- main reasoning is uh, why didn't Brett come back sooner? You know, um, um, that's true. Well, I think I think the Owen thing possibly played, yeah, into that. I think there was some. I don't know if it was so much animosity with Montreal as it may have been Owen. Um, I'll say this: with the Wrestling with Shadows documentary, with that, with supposedly, you know, I think Brett just signed a, a new contract. which I'm less than a year prior to this, uh, you know, in the wrestling with shadows documentary and, and behind the scenes footage that up until that point, we rarely, rarely seen, uh, I, I could see where people would say it's work. Well, we'll tell them you signed a new contract. Well, actually we, you know, this, that, and the other, and, well, how about this? We could, we could, you know, have this big elaborate screwy finish. And as you said, I can see where I've waffled over it over the years. There, there's been days I'm like, ah, that was work. Then there's days I'm like, no, I think, I think something happened there. Um, in the, in the dark side of the ring, um, series, you know, Cornette revealed basically he's the one that planted the bug in um, man's ear from a, um, a finish many, many years ago, like some 50, 60 years prior to this. I, I don't remember the wrestlers right off. I'd have to go back and watch what uh, Cornette said, but um, basically a, a similar thing where the champion didn't want to drop the title, so they had to get the title off of him. Honestly, I think it, it is an entertainment industry now, and I say full-fledged industry. I mean – it's it's an entertainment business. Uh, it, it's a beast unto itself. But it started out, you know, kind of as a uh, more or less a, a carny sideshow. And there was um, there was rules over time as it became bigger and bigger, and um, you know, kayfabe and things like that. And I think uh, I think on that night. As big as the business has gotten, we seen a a kind of uh, something that harkened back to the the days way before um, that that harkened back to like the the carnival days where 
you know, we've got to keep this title here. Um, he doesn't want to do business, so we're going to do business for him. Yep. That's what I think. I don't know. And, and as I said, I think that's the beauty in it is we will never know, perhaps. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, I, I, and over the years, you know, they've tried <coughs> – Pardon me. They they've tried to uh, kind of do little takes on it, so on and so forth. With uh, even even at Starcade, a month and a half later, um, kind of a screwy finish there. And um, but you, but you can never, I guess, you can never top the original. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I do. I, I definitely think that's beauty in it. Is that we're we're never going to fully know what really happened. Um, so closing thoughts on Montreal. Uh, what, uh, what, what are your closing thoughts? Oh, uh, well, oh, one thing I, I, while I was looking at stuff on this, uh, I did want to bring this up. We were talking about a while back, we covered a Sean versus Austin at King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. And you were saying, that, you know, you thought it may have been like a uh, trial run, you know, with, or if, even if the setting up the match wasn't a trial run, but after the seeing the match, you know, yeah. the, the gears were turning about mania. And um, yeah. they always, they want to bring up the fact that, you know, well, uh, Brett was willing to drop the belt to somebody else, you know, and I, I believe that Austin's name is mentioned, you know, he was one of the guys Brett said he would drop it to. But I wonder, I mean, by this time, by by November, they probably already knew they wanted Austin to win the belt at Mania. They had to, yeah, yeah. Because back then, I'm pretty sure, I've heard before, back then, they already had ideas almost a year ahead of time for Mania, you know. Like, they booked from Mania to Mania, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure, plans change, but, you know. So, um, in a situation like that, I mean, I mean, he couldn't drop it to Austin because they wanted that mania moment. And they knew with the uh, organic rise of Austin that, you know, it needed that moment. And uh, they already kind of had the plan laid out. So, I mean, that definitely wouldn't have worked. Uh, Brett mentioned something about uh, uh, he wanted to hand the title over the next out on Raw. But to me, I mean, how lackluster is that? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, okay, here's your belt. I'm going away now. You know, I mean, granted, I know Sean's handed the belt over, but it was due to whether whether legitimate or storyline. It was it, it was injuries. You know, Brett would have just been like, "I'm I'm going to those guys now." You know, yeah. <laughs> Here, here's your consolation prize. Your you know, um, but now closing thoughts. Uh, I don't. I I think what was done was wrong. If you know, you know, if this was shoot, if this really happened, I I think what was done was wrong. But I do not blame Vince at all for doing it because of the uh, women's title being thrown away on Nitro, you know. And uh, I've heard a statement that, you know, Bischoff says they, they couldn't have done it because they were already in litigation because of the uh, because of that and because of them using the Hall, the Hall and Nash characters, the Diesel and Razor characters without the names, you know. Yeah. Um, so he's like, well, we couldn't even have done that. But, yeah, in hindsight, they can say that. But if, if they got that opportunity to throw Brett, you know, oh, here's a few extra million dollars, bring that belt, we're, we're you know, I think it would have been done. And I, like I said, it was wrong. I, 
I'm not going to say they did Brett right because they didn't. They did Brett wrong, but I can't blame Vince at all for doing what he did to try to keep his company afloat. So, yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know what they could have done differently. Um, I, I, I mean, I really don't. Um, maybe, like you said, put somebody else in Sean's spot. Who knows? But um, there's so many, it's, it's, you know, so many wrinkles to the entire story. That's why we're still talking about it 22 years later. And I'm sure in another 20 years, we'll still be talking about it. It, it just had that sort of impact on the business. So uh, I think that puts a bow on everything this week. Um, anything else to add? Um, I think, oh, I did want to bring up one quick thing. Okay. I don't have a lot for uh, this week in wrestling history, or today in wrestling history. But um, uh, for one, in 2002, we had the first Elimination Chamber match. Nice. <laughs> and the other thing I wanted to point out was in 1997, this was the night that uh, not just Rick Rude showed up on Nitro <laughs> with the, the uh, pre-tape Raw, but <laughs> how cool was this? He was on the pre-tape Raw, so he was on Raw. He come out live on Nitro, and he was on ECW just like two days earlier. <laughs> so Rick, Rick Rude had the the uh, distinction of being the only guy that was on all three shows, all three major U.S. Uh, wrestling promotions, in the exact same weekend, like within like just two or three days. How <laughs> how cool is that? Pretty pretty wild, pretty wild. Um, and you can pretty well thank him for Raw going live <laughs> because yeah. they were like they were like nope, we ain't doing that again. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think, uh, I think we've, we've covered everything we can cover. I think we probably still missed something. So apologies to whatever, whomever and whatever we missed. Um, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, that's all I've got. That's all I got. Thanks guys. Stay positive.